Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you of our two sponsors. The first one, Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donuts. The Elite Donut is a better-for-you donut that is packed with 13 grams of protein. They're gluten-free, keto-friendly, and only contain one gram of sugar. That's right, folks. Elite Sweets donuts are protein-packed, low-sugar, and will not ruin your diet. If you want to check out Elite Sweets and give their donuts a try, you can get yours today at EliteDonut.com or on Amazon. And if you use code ShaneWhite30, you'll receive 30% off your order, and that works on both platforms. So no matter if you check out EliteDonut.com and get get the donuts from their site directly, or if you get the donuts from Amazon, the code ShaneWhite30 at checkout will get you 30% off your first order. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by Routine. When we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, expelling vapors and sweating mostly. Routine has come up with a proprietary product called Morning Routine, and each Morning Routine comes in a single-serve packet that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and no sugar. You just tear one of those packets open, dump it into 20 ounces of water, chug that bad boy, and you're going to feel nice and hydrated and get that metabolism moving first thing in the morning. Uh, It's become a part of my morning routine for sure. Uh, I make something I call my little morning cocktail where I just put the morning routine in there with my pre-workout and uh, sip on that while I'm getting ready for my day. Routine also sells green superfood products, vitamin D, Um, vitamin D supplements, apple cider vinegar gummies, elderberry gummies, and lots of good stuff. You can check them out at yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. All right, everybody. I was pumped today to get Matt Lombardi, one of the co-founders of Beam on the podcast. Matt is, uh, well, he spent some time playing professional hockey. He also um, has started some other entrepreneurial endeavors in the past, but he is definitely most well-known now for his startup brand, Beam, where they're bringing all kinds of, honestly, fantastic products to market, most well-known for their dream product, which is a nighttime CBD, melatonin, and some other other things that are great for you. Uh, Knocks me out every single night. Me and my wife use uh, Dream Powder religiously. They've also launched some of their own hydration products. And honestly, Beam is just one of those brands that has found a way to resonate with high-level athletes. And they they have found ways to make sure that their products are clean. And they have the highest quality CBD and now hydration as well. For for everyday athletes, for professional athletes, um, they're backed by a lot of professional athletes in different spaces. And that has definitely helped validate what this brand is bringing to life. Matt's just got a really cool story. Uh, Him and Kevin, the two co-founders of Beam, are two guys that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last year or so, and I was pumped to finally get Matt on the podcast. So without further ado, give it up for Matt Lombardi. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. 
I'm stoked today to have Matt Lombardi from Beam on the show. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here finally. I, I know. I appreciate it. We've been talking about this for a while. So I'm, I'm pumped we finally got, I'm it, got this on. <laughs> appreciate that wasn't, it. Sorry, that wasn't a passive aggressive. I'm excited to be here finally. That was a genuine enthusiasm. Oh, that could have that could have been taken that way. I didn't even think of it like yeah. that. I thought it was more of like, I never could get it on the schedule type of thing. That works too. No, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have you on here. Um, for people listening who don't know who you are, would you mind giving everyone a little bit of a background to you and definitely to Beam? Yeah, definitely. Um, so as you mentioned, just one of the co-founders of Beam. Uh, I started that with uh, Kevin Moran, one of my best friends and obviously now co-founder. But um, I guess the, the quick highlights or cliff notes is I grew up in the Boston area. I played hockey my whole life. Um, but one of my biggest childhood dreams was to play hockey at Boston College. Uh, and I was lucky to realize that and to have four great years there and be a part of some great teams, winning national championships and uh, then moved on to play a few years professionally in the minors. Um, hockey stopped a little sooner than I was hoping. Had a really bad concussion my second year playing. And um, from there, just kind of took sort of a little bit of a zigzagging path with a few different entrepreneurial endeavors and um, some not working out. And then eventually, you know, learning and hearing a bunch about CBD, becoming really interested in it. Uh, reconnecting with Kevin. Uh, he also went to Boston College and played baseball there and had a similar background. And um, about three years ago, we launched this thing called Beam. Uh, I can obviously dive more into that, but kind of our, our story with it is just former athletes turned entrepreneurs um, and just doing stuff that we're, we're passionate about. All things health and wellness are just something that we love and, you know, found a way to merge, you know, business and passions. Love it. Yeah. And I didn't know until I started doing my research, I didn't realize you'd started, was it two other companies before Beam too? Yeah. Um, I'll try to keep it brief, but, uh, when I stopped playing hockey, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I think like a lot of athletes experience, um, I saw a lot of my friends either got into finance or commercial real estate at the time. And, uh, I wound up in finance and, uh, you know, wasn't really seeing anything that was, I enjoyed what I was learning. Uh, but I didn't see anything that was overly exciting in terms of just looking further down the road and, at the same time, I'd started to help coach at a high school team in, in Brookline. And, um, you know, a lot of these, these young guys asked me to, you know, work on skills and stuff after practice. And then when the season ended, you know, if I could train them and work out with them. And um, I, I thought it was, I just, I think I've had entrepreneurial DNA in my, I guess, in my DNA. And, um, you know, I thought there was a really cool thing as I'm seeing, you know, I'm in the locker room, these kids are constantly on their phones on, you know, Snapchat was just becoming super popular and obviously Instagram and things like that. But, um, you know, I wanted to do something, oh, maybe I can use their phones to be uh, more impactful or do something more productive than just, you know, social media. And so anyway, so I started training these kids and, you know, it was really kind of like using Google docs to kind of mentor them more so than just like create their workouts and stuff. And I just feel like the snap of, I shouldn't say snap my fingers, but it felt like very quickly, all of a sudden there was like a hundred kids in this oh, program wow. that I had started. And, um, I wound up, you know, just all these kids are cycling. And I, I was living at my parents' house, you know, they're coming down to the basement, working out, tracking their workouts. And <laughs> I wound up, um, you know, connecting with these two older gentlemen that, uh, were running the software company. And one of their kids had joined the program and long story short, we ended up kind of taking this, this thing that was, you know, essentially tracking, for me as a coach, I could track all these things that I wanted to with these young hockey players, taking that and giving it to like BC hockey and saying, run all of your communications, your data, your tracking, whatever you want to do into this essentially operating system. And this is sort of like pre-Slack oh, days. Yeah. So it was like 2014-ish probably. And just for context and, 
you know, it was really cool. We started, you know, gave it to Harvard hockey, then the Celtics were using the Bruins, the, the Flyers were, you know, teams at Notre Dame. So we were, you know, building a sales team of, you know, Olympic rowers and lacrosse players and oh, hockey wow. players selling into their sports. And um, so this wasn't just like a little tiny side thing. This was, this actually turned into a pretty big business. It was pretty cool. Um, and probably like three years or so into, you know, we raised a little bit of money, not a ton. It wasn't probably as big as maybe it sounds just because we worked with some elite teams, but um you know, you know, we did have a team of salespeople and like we're raising some money. It was, it was really needed at the time too, just kind of where like applications and operating systems and things like that were with teams. Like everybody was so antiquated at the time. You're just using pen and paper and, mm. you know, taping stuff to the whiteboard. Sure. Um, so then it, it, was, it was, it was kind of a needed tool. And now it's, I think everybody's pretty well covered now from a technical standpoint, but um, long story, I just ended up not really being eye to eye with my two co-founders at the time. And just decide it's best to probably move on from it. And I learned a lot just around partnerships, communication, and just, you know, early stage stuff. And then had a, uh, looking back, maybe not such a great idea to start a business with my fiance at the time. Um, she was also an athlete. She was a gymnast. And we just had, again, a, a shared passion to inspire young athletes. And we essentially, you know, launched an app that focused in gymnastics and it gave a young aspiring gymnast access to Olympians, coaches, we made, you know, uh, uh, documentary series with UCLA gymnastics. So like everything, oh, wow. and then they could engage and share their practices and progress. And it was pretty cool. We built a pretty big community out of that. And it was just like one of those things, like the relationship wasn't going well, that in turn made the business struggle. And, and both of those kind of just came to an end. And, um, again, a ton of lessons, just again, launching something early, you know, raising a little bit of money, um, you know, trying and failing and learning uh yeah. and then that just kind of sequenced into being with kevin um he was at a point in his life where he was doing really well at his job but didn't love it um and i was kind of just getting out of this thing and was you know essentially starting over again and uh we had just become so passionate about this the space and the opportunity that we saw with beam which really was centered around cbd to start um and we uh you know we're Earlier in 2018, had just been reading and learning a lot about CB, the benefits, what it is, what it's not. I mean, talk about a space that is very high skepticism, very low trust from a consumer standpoint. And um, at the time, there really just weren't anybody pulling away as, as really like an emerging brand or leader, a thought leader, or in, in the space that we knew well, which was athletics and active lifestyles. Um, no one really was doing anything that really resonated with that audience. And our approach really hasn't been like, um, you know, we don't really consider ourselves a CBD company. We definitely have CBD roots and how we launch, but for us, we've always, I think we've done a really good job focusing more on like the customer needs and the benefits that we want to provide. And then using CBD as an ingredient versus everything is just CBD and there's patches, you know, when you look sure. at a CBD website, um, the general product offering is, I would say a little obscure to a general wellness consumers. There's patches, there's tinctures, there's vapes, there's dog treats, there's bath bombs, gummies, edibles. It's kind of a weird product set. Um, yeah, yeah. And we just kind of looked at just like, I don't, I don't consume any other supplement in those form factors or like that. And then you look at, at the time, especially then three years ago, like the packaging and everything just looked really like it might get you high. And THC, <laughs> CBD, know. what are all these things? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we really just like merging a great brand, high quality products, focusing on functional stacking unique ingredients together to promote better sleep, better focus, recovery, help with stress, things like that. Um, that's kind of been our focus in our, I think our way where we sort of have emerged in that category is like thinking and approaching it a bit differently than just sort of the norm. I know it's probably 
went off topic a little bit. But, no, 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 that was great. <laughs> no, it's, it's very yeah. interesting. Cause you know, I do, I do tend to see a lot of entrepreneurs on here. It seems like to your point, they have like a bug, like whether the, you know, and funny enough, a lot of people probably, you know, see you or know you as the guy that started beam, but most people like the one that people start to know you from isn't necessarily your first endeavor. Most of the time it's not right. It's like, usually have a yeah. few failures and you just didn't stop. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's, it sounds like you never really went into the big corporate world at all. You were like, no, I'm just going to keep trying stuff. Yeah. I think I just, you know, I, um, I think through hockey, I just learned, I was just lucky with my parents. Like they always just supported me to dream big and go. It was never, you know, I would just think back, like, I think one of the, I didn't realize it at the time, but like when I was in high school and college, you know, I, I made, I built out this awesome hockey basement. So if you're a hockey player, like this was just oh, like right heaven, but it was this grungy basement. Half of it was where you could shoot pots. It didn't matter if I broke windows or holes in the wall. It was oh, just, wow. You could, it was all tile floors. So it was almost like synthetic ice and you could just stick handle and shoot and all that stuff. And then the other side was all the gym equipment that I've accumulated over the years. And um, I think the best thing was like, I was like able to have that basement, but I was never like dragged down there. Hey, go do these things. It was more just like, here's what you need. If you want to practice and get better, I'm not going to force you. Um, and so I just learned just like go down there on my own and just practice. And I, like it helped me develop this, like a love for the process and a love for getting better. Um, you know, versus where, you know, having my parents, you know, drag me down there and like making me shoot a hundred bucks before dinner. Um, yeah. It's like, I would do that, but I would do that on my own. And I would, I'd learned the discipline to do that. And I think that's, um, you know, as I got done with hockey, um, you know, I think a lot of athletes sometimes can struggle with finding something that they can be as or more passionate about just because you grow up doing a sport. And if you reach, you know, an elite level of it, it's, it's hard to mimic that same passion. Um, I think I always just said, I'm just going to keep chasing stuff that I think I'm passionate about. And yeah, I don't know that I've ever had like a real job before. Um, <laughs> yeah, unquote, but no, <laughs> no, which is cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I did for like seven months, but, um, but yeah, I guess I just, I just, how I've approached it, I'll just kind of figure it out. Like things failed and didn't work. And it's like, all right, I'll just kind of keep going and I'll just eventually figure it out. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like too, you've always been obsessed with the process and being, you know, going after things that you're passionate about. Was there any, like, did you, it sounds like you were never someone that was worried about money. Like it wasn't like, you know, a lot of people go straight to like, how much am I making health insurance, all this other stuff. It sounds like that was never on your radar. Yeah. Um, not really. I just like, again, I, I think I would just always figure it out. I think, you know, we've, um, you know, make a ton of money playing, you know, minor league hockey. Um, and I think I've learned just like, I'm pretty simple in my lifestyle and things that I like, I like nice things. Um, but I think I've learned just to be pretty minimalist. And, um, again, like I, I just, I've always looked at it and we even looked at it with being like, you know, it's a startup or raising venture capital dollars. So obviously there's the expectation that we have some type of liquidity event yeah. throughout this process. Right. And, I learned this in hockey. I think, you know, when I was at BC, we, if we didn't win a national championship every year, like, it was really just like, it was almost considered a failure. Like ah, it, yeah. it's an elite program. Like we were, I was fortunate. I played in three national championship games, in my four years, we won two of them, lost one. Wow. one my, my junior year, we didn't make playoffs. So that was just like this obscure year. Um, but I, I learned through that, like you can draw the, the kind of connect the dots on between the teams that won, the ones that didn't those years we just had a really keen focus on the process like focus on the process and the results will come in i think i've looked at that either from a financial standpoint or even just with beam like let's just focus on the process and then trust that the results will come whether that be financial or other things um 
particularly, I, you know, I think I've seen it and I've talked to other entrepreneurs and founders, like when they're so focused on the exit and they're just trying to, you know, engineer it or get there faster or create it, um, you make, you don't make the best decisions that you should be. Um, so if you focus on the pro- like if you just focus on doing the right thing today to get better, obviously keeping in mind, I'm, point- I'm pointing towards this larger goal. And you just focus on the day-to-day of that, just you know, laying one brick at a time. Um, I found that the results will get there and you just have to have an op- optimism about that, I think. Um, money's important, um, but I think I've, des- I've decided to trust like that part will figure itself out and um, I'll just do things that I care about. No, I love that. It's like the compound effect, just you know, something you do every day. You don't really, you don't stop, right? It just keeps building on itself yeah. and gets better and better. I love that. Is... Um, was was the like connection with Kevin and getting Beam off the ground? Was that something you kind of worked on uh, just all in right away, or was that something you were still working on the other venture and, and kind of like phasing out of that part of your life and into Beam? Um, he had so he's in software sales. So when we, I guess you could say, launch Beam, we went. We didn't have a website. We went and set up a table at a core power yoga studio and. We're selling it by hand, had no idea what we're doing, you know, just a good old fashioned scrappy. Startup. Yeah. And what um, were you selling? What was like the first product? Did you start it was with? a tincture. Like the yeah. thing that I said we thought was so weird was our first, was okay. our first product. We still have it today. It's called the one. It's just a CBD oil. Um, we just wanted to get feedback. Like I'm sure, you know, like uh, you've heard the term, like the MVP, like our most minimal viable product. Like we had all these ideas for these functional SKUs and sleep products and kind of everything you see today, but it was we don't have the money, nor do we know if people really like that. So why don't we just get to market, test the market, get some feedback and, and, and go from there. But um, yeah, in a way, like we, we definitely both went all in. Um, we, Kevin, just knowing like his day job that he had at the time, like he just had to get through, I think it was like February or something, just like close a few deals and kind of just whatever it was that he had to finish out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would really count that. Like I would just say, yeah. Yeah, we both really just went all in on it um, and just became, it's kind of funny people ask, oh, did you have a background in manufacturing or supplements or like, did you study this in school? Um, and just know to all of those questions. We, <laughs> I think it's a gift and a credit. Like we just have obsessive personality. So we became really intrigued by this. We became really enthusiastic about the opportunity and, and just became obsessed with it and just like learned all of these things and just went a million miles an hour into it. And um, I think that it, I think that approach can not serve you all at times, but um, uh, more so than not, I think it does. And I think when I look at, you know, where we've been able to get to in three years and hopefully where we get to in our our next year and the year after that, I think that it really like the way I would summarize it, maybe when there was just the two of us. And now when we have a team of over 20 people, um, I think it's just like a constant focus on, on the process, like pushing the business forward and just like doing those things that need to get done every single day and just, drive the business, drive the business. Um, it's exhausting and it's really hard. Um, but I think that's been sort of like a recipe to get from, you know, zero to one and yeah. just hopefully, you know, beyond. No, definitely. From the time I've gotten to know you guys, you definitely seem like that. You just, you guys are quick movers, which, you know, I love, I can resonate with. Um, yeah. for, and at the beginning, like, I think one thing that most people that I've had reach out to me from the show, uh, I think people, or most people who want to start anything get stuck is to your point, the very beginning, like when you guys realize like, okay, we want to launch a CBD brand. And I know you guys had like a whole plan of products and probably even like what we'll get into, but, but which is like, you guys really found a way to partner with athletes, which I think is a really unique differentiator. 
how did you guys like, what was like step one of even like figuring out where to source CBD from? Like, I think most people would be like, well, how the hell do I even do that? I think Kevin always said that just like a lot of bad phone calls, um, <laughs> this Google stuff. And then you just start calling people. We don't even know what the, what we were talking about at the time. Uh, you just start asking a bunch of questions and one call leads to another. You just create a list of people. And, um, I would say like generally just with consumer stuff, whether it be wellness or even other things, um, the world has changed. It's really, I would say flattened. Um, it's really easy to, to find co-manufacturers for anything that you want to make. It would be hats, supplements, wallets, notebooks, whatever, water bottles. Um, it's pretty, uh, commoditized in a way. I think there's like, I think that whole industry, like I think 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't that simple just to go make your own products. And I think that's why you just used to just see like just big brands always all the time. Um, and now I think every category has almost been reimagined, you know, with a new emerging brand, um, like, like go to into CVS and earn a whole foods. Like there's just so many exciting brands now that are in yeah. every category, whether, you know, chips, uh, crackers, p- protein bars are, you know, RX bar yeah. is, is an example. Um, so th- we didn't know that though at the time, but I think what we were kind of surprised was just like, when you start Googling stuff and you just start calling these people, there's a lot of opportunities to find people to make products with you. Um, and then, you know, we had, uh, I think one of those things that, that served us well also would just be like, we have a very strong bias towards taking action on stuff. Um, you know, you mentioned we move quickly and I think that's probably one of the most important things that we've seen. Even sometimes like we struggle with some, you know, on our team and things like that is like, you have to move quick, like accept, like, you know, fail fast, move on to the next thing. And for us, I, I always love the story. It's so simple. Um, even when we were launching, we just, and this is like, you know, needing domains and emails and bank accounts and like really early, early on. Really it's just annoying like, admin stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we want to launch this. Um, what are the things that we need to do? Our goals to launch it by this day. Like what needs to be done in order to actually go sell our first product. And it was, I don't know. I have a picture of the whiteboard we drew up in his apartment. Uh, it, it has like those 10 or 15 things that are just the most simplistic things that you need to do. And just go do those things. And you don't even need to overly think about it. And I, I've always found that approach, no matter what you're doing, to be really valuable, which is like, I have this goal or I have an objective. I want to do this. Just give me five things that'll, right now, I think are logical to get me closer to that. And, you know, one of the five might work, none might work. But at least you start taking action. You learned what's not working. Come up with a new list. And we always find, too, when we launch new products, when we have a goal and we launch a new brand thing, when we're just launching the business, it's take action, just get moving. And then I always find that the important thing is to look at the results and feedback you're getting and then either ditch it, lean into it, keep doing it, do more of it, change it. Um, and then keep doing more, just taking more action on stuff. It's uh, when people, you know, kind of get stuck in ways it's, uh, it's really simple. It's just, you got to go take action. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I know at RX, we used to say something really similar. It was, um, I forget exactly how we framed it. It was basically like, by the time a big company makes like one or two decisions, our goal is to make five. And even if we get three of those right, we've made, you know, probably one or two more good decisions than someone who's moving slow. And that was kind of our philosophy, which sounds, and then obviously like grading it and figuring out why we did wrong and all this good stuff. But yeah, no, totally get that. You got to move fast. Um, yeah, that's really interesting because I feel like you guys also popped up at a time, and it's funny. I actually thought of this today. Funny story. The first time I ever saw you guys, um, I knew Jordan from Super Coffee pretty early, like mm-hmm. early on in their days. And I remember it was, they were still in New York, and he posted something about your. You had a bar that was like one of the yeah. first, and I remember because <laughs> I was at RX still. 
And I was, yeah. I was like, oh, they have like an actual like protein bar. And that, I remember that was the first time I ever like interacted with the brand. Uh, I think they were at some yeah. event in New York City with you guys. Um, but it's cool because that's a good example, right? Of like, you guys tried a lot of stuff and it didn't all work. Yeah. Don't still sell the bars, but you got into it. Exactly. Yeah. For context, so those bars you just mentioned, they are, they're long gone, but that was one of those things where it's like you had at the time we launched being like everybody was just, you know, selling tinctures and the same topicals and all the crap. And we just said like, you know, what's something innovative and different we can do, especially in this, this area of being in athletics and active lifestyle. Um, and we found a really easy, like really good co-man, co-manufacturer to make bars with us. And they were great. They were unprocessed. They were organic, gluten-free, vegan. They had CBD in them. They're really cool. And it served the need of like when we're going to the games or different events is to be handing out bars, not bottles of oil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just like, so we had that goal, like we got to innovate and do something different to get out there. Uh, that was our solution to it. And just over time, and then we started launching, you know, dream powder and these other functional SKUs. And we just saw like the bars just don't make any sense anymore economically. Like people love them, but like, they're just, it's not like, let's focus on these other things that are creating better results. And we killed it. And that, I think one thing we're proud of is like that conversation probably lasted maybe 30 minutes. To- oh, wow. Really? Yeah. We've been selling these bars now probably for probably almost a year. And and then it was just like that. We decided we gotta, we're going to kill it, move on. Like we'll, we'll finish the current inventory and like that's it. No more POs into creating bars. We're going to go lean into these new innovative SKUs and like make our bet on those. Um, oh, I love that. So even though people loved it, you guys internally realized it wasn't going to help you guys get to this, you know, massive Mount Everest yeah. peak as a, as a company and just killed it. Yeah. Love it. And is that kind of the similar, like, and you mentioned tinctures. Um, I know you guys have a cream, obviously you have a lot of different products, which will, I'll share the link to every, everything. So you mm-hmm. guys can check it out. But I mean, now it's funny as you fast forward, like that's how I, that's how I first saw you guys was the bar. Um, but your dream powder now has become like, I would, I would guess is like your hero product, which at RX, like I would always compare that's like the chocolate sea salt flavor that still today does like 40% of our business. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, how does, was that the same thing? Was that like a test and learn type of thing? You guys launched it and it was, again, that was like a big win. Um, when we launched dream, it wasn't dream. Wasn't dream. Like as it is today, like when we launched it, um, we kind of just hit an inflection point and it kind of got, I feel like in the hands of enough people and people really started, it's efficacious. It's really yummy. Um, yeah, that wasn't like a home run when we first launched it. Um, it, it, it always did well. And we had sort of like a small core group of products and they all were sort of selling, I would say equally, and then the more we leaned into innovation, that was our goal. We always looked at it, we tracked it. We sort of had like our traditional CBD SKUs and then our innovative SKUs. And early on, obviously, like the traditional was making up, you know, 80% of the pie. And then we just saw like every quarter, like everything started skewing towards innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now all of our innovative SKUs just, you know, are the, the core of what we do. And um, from dream to the focus capsules, hydration, all that stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, I guess that, I mean, that's kind of another topic, but it's, it's one of those things too. It's like, you could just say like looking at beam from a thousand, 10,000 foot view today is maybe a customer or just like, you know, a friend of ours that just looks at what we're doing. It might look fun and exciting and big and all these things, but it's like, that's not what beam was uh, when we launched. Like we, we didn't sure. just, you know, snap our fingers, launch beam and you know, all of a sudden have the, you know, Matt Frazier and Baker Mayfield and Venus Williams and Danica and, Peter and all these great entrepreneurs and the team that we have like involved day one, like nobody wanted to work at Beam when we launched. We had to really convince people before we had funding and everything to jump on this crazy wild thing that was probably more likely to fail uh, than succeed at the time. And um, 
yeah, it's like, I think that's like anything though. Like you just see things, you see the results of things. You don't really get to see the behind the scenes or what's going on underneath it all. But um, yeah, I guess that's probably a different topic. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, No, that's really cool yeah. though. It's, it's a cool leeway into my, what I kind of wanted to chat about next, which is just, you know, you guys are definitely innovative with your products hundred percent. That's, that's pretty obvious to anyone. I think that follows the brand. Um, but it was interesting to me too, is I remember when you guys first came out of the CBD scene, that was when I feel like everyone was starting to talk about CBD and like how it's going to, everyone thought it was going to blow up in the next few years, but it seemed like all the brands were just like, I always called it like gas station brands. Like it's like shit you yeah. see on a shelf at like, you know, a seven 11, you're like, I'm not going to buy yeah. that. What is that? Um, yeah. How, did you guys from the beginning, like, did you think of it differently? Like we need to really come at this from a brand perspective. And then like the athlete angle, was that, was that always just kind of like how you guys envisioned bringing beam to life? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say like, it, you know, exactly what we're doing today is we drew this up three years ago. That would be a lie. Um, but there's definitely a couple of core things that we um, definitely had a lot of conviction around that are very present in today's, today's version of theme, which one, we really knew like people do judge a book by its cover. We're in this like incredibly high skepticism, low trust space. Like people are going to look at the brand and like, just like you said, you go in a gas station, you see like the packaging that's honestly, it could be like the most high quality CBD in the world in there, but because the label sucks or it looks very off-putting, you don't even consider look, you're looking at or buying it. And we just knew if we want to win in this space, like you kind of have to win the hearts of the consumers. Like you have to build trust with them. Like we're in such a crazy nascent, uh, complicated space that like we really need to build trust with people. And a lot of that is just like the look and feel like what's the first impression they get when they see it. And so we always took the brand super, super serious in the beginning and probably over-invested in that. I would say in a scrappy way, like we didn't go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars at brand agency to create the beam brand. Um, but I would say like with the small amount of capital we used just to start the business, like a lot of that really went towards building the brand and crafting the right brand. Um, and then on the other side of it too, is just like, we understood like people, people trust products or things that they see people they admire using. And so that in the context of like the athletes and, you know, our partnerships and um, things that we're able to establish over the years, both early and on and now that, that was one huge aspect of us creating cre credibility. Um, you know, we went similar to RX product. Like we went super deep into CrossFit early on. Yeah. And, you know, when you see Matt Frazier and Brooke Wells and Tia and Katrin and, and all these, you know, I don't mean to leave anybody out, um, but all these amazing athletes, the fortunes work with a ton of them. Um, that builds a ton of credibility. Like, okay, Matt's using this, Matt Frazier, like if he's using it, like he's the fittest person in the world. Like he's not messing around. He wouldn't put shit in his body. I trust that this is a good quality product. Um, and we're able, those first app, like getting Matt, like I think we're fortunate it was our background as athletes and to be able to look him and his agent, Matt O'Keefe and I'm like, look, like we're athletes. We get what Matt's going through. We've been there. We compete at high levels. Like we know how serious it is, you know, when you, especially in the supplement space and drug testing, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And being, that was really just like for them to like, that was a little bit of a leap of faith. Obviously Matt could have gone out and worked with, you know, really any supplement brand or CBD brand he wanted to at the time. And, um, you know, it was, it was, a leap of faith but again like that came from our background as athletes i, I think if we didn't have that they probably would like no thanks you're just like every other company that's reached out to us there's nothing unique about you i think early on when we had nothing or what was unique was our background as athletes and leaning into that story which i don't think we did a very good job with at the time too um but uh and then the you know so the, again like it was people judge your book you know, really understanding the brand um 
building the, the highest quality products that we could so the best athletes in the world trust them and then figure out like, how do we then package this up and communicate it to the general wellness consumer? And for us, that was really understanding like what are the needs and functions and benefits, the pain points that they have. Um, so those, those are kind of the three main pillars that we knew we needed to lean into from the beginning. Hopefully, that was maybe a ramble, but hopefully no, 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 that was great. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really interesting too, because I hadn't really thought about it from that angle. Like, yeah, if Matt tested positive for something in a product and he thought it came from beam like yeah. Yeah, that'd be a disaster right so i guess it was probably a leap of yeah. faith kind of on not both sides but like i guess that is a little it was probably a big risk early on was just making sure it's yeah. as clean as humanly possible right totally yeah that's wild yeah i mean it, yeah. was that your, was that your first one was matt kind of like the first big one that you guys brought on um you guys have brought on a ton it's it's crazy too because you guys are you know backed by some some now too right like danica patrick and some of these yeah. folks that just you know, in their respective spaces are big voices. Yeah. I want to say, um, you know, I have to give credit like Christy Ramo, um, Amanda Barnhart, Danny Spiegel. I want to say those are our first three CrossFit athletes. Um, and like even just getting them on board too, like that also helped build a little bit of credibility. When we, when we had a conversation with Matt, Matt O'Keefe at the time. Um, but like, I'll, I'll never forget that too. Like those are just like, Connor was asking you about like how you got to, you know, how you interviewed Matt yeah. on your podcast. Yeah. It's like, we just, that was like DMS and just messaging people. And um, like, I, I'll never, like whatever happens to be like, I'll always like appreciate those three athletes in particular, just like, okay, you replied to like a random message from these two guys starting a new company. You took a leap of faith with us. And like, we were able to use that to then build more athletes in the community and then get to where it's like, I'll always appreciate um, Danny, Christine, and Amanda for that um, big time. No, I love that. That's super cool. Yeah. It, it's cool too. Cause like, it, I think what's resonated with a lot of people that I know that are into beam is you've also created products that just like can be used in a daily fashion, right? Like I know me, myself, uh, if I go a night without beam now, it's, I wake up and I realize I'm like, shit, I forgot to take beam last night. Like I just didn't yeah. sleep as well. Like it's, it's crazy yeah. how, you know, I, it's not, I don't want to say it's not addictive, but it's like it, you just, you love feeling so good after you have your products. Yeah. That it becomes almost an addiction to like not forget to do it before you go to bed. Yeah. No, I think that's what, that's sort of like our goal with stuff is we want, um, and we're just kind of zigzagging. It's kind of fun, but like at the core, it's like, we want people to experience like what it feels like to feel better. Mm-hmm. That can come from a better night's sleep that, you know, our focus capsules, like I feel like the cognitive boost that I get from that, that, you know, especially in this work from home environment, just being on your computer, always on Slack, emails, et cetera. Like it's nice to feel sort of my brain feel a little bit more charged up with a lot of the nootropics and adaptogens that's in there. Um, even just like the, the revive capsules, just like inflammation, like the aches and pains you get from working out and stuff and just like feeling better recovered. So that's everybody's pursuing stuff and everybody has things, everyone's busy. And it's been, I think that's what's been kind of neat with it is like, we've created these things that um, like, we always just say like, help you be more happy, healthy, whole. And like, so you don't have to worry about, you don't really need to worry about sleeping. Just drink your beam. Yeah. Like, we'll cover your sleep so you can go focus and wake up and feel refreshed to, you know, keep building the podcast and keep doing the things that you're doing. That's kind of like a way to like simply just break it down. Is like, let us take care of these health needs that you have. So you don't need to think about them. Just take your dream at night. You'll be fine. You'll wake up feeling refreshed. You don't need to think about your sleep too much. Like we'll get you covered. Um, Love it. It's kind of yeah. how we think about our products. Yeah. No, it makes a ton of sense. And it's cool too, because it seems like, you know, from even this conversation today, you guys have tested a lot of things. You've killed things that don't work. You've tripled down on things that do, and you've continued to innovate 
from even like a finance perspective, obviously this is a finance podcast. I know you guys, you guys had a, you know, you've done some fundraising with beam too, which is exciting. Is that, and I'd love to know just a little more for everyone listening, because I think it's, it's cool to think about you guys' trajectory and, and where you guys are at and who you're partnered with. I would assume some of that is really built to like take this thing to the moon, right? It's like, is it to invest in more innovation and to get more just better products to market in different categories or how are you guys thinking about the future of Beam? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I think, uh, early on, you know, we raised just some friends and family money. I don't think, I don't know that we had like a, like really a plan in place other than like, we're just trying to grow this thing as fast as we can. Cause at the time there was just so many people coming to this space and we need to move quickly. We can't, you know, slow down to try to grow profitably from day one. We, we had the conversation actually just to say like, do you want to be a speedboat or a sailboat? Like, do you want to just focus on profitability from day one or do you want to just be a speedboat? Speedboat, get out there. We can always then trust that we'll figure out profitability and building a really efficient business. And we took the speedboat approach and- um, I'm starting to see, a, starting really- to see a pattern here, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just a speedboat <laughs> in general. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse, uh, I think. But um, at some point, I may be able to transition to more of a sailboat and uh, transition more into a, a savoring life kind of lifestyle. But- <laughs> Uh, until then. Um, but I think one thing I'm really proud about with Kevin and, and more too, just with our team, we've been, we have a great team. I know you know some of them too. Yeah. And, um, the, the thing that we're really proud is like, we've done this, you know, you read stories like companies that they go, they more focus on, you know, rounds of funding and valuations and, you know, how much they raised and getting to a series C or B, D, whatever. Um, we want to raise capital, but we always want to like be in control of what we're doing. And I think we've done it to a point where, probably it's been a little bit more of a challenging strategy to sort of like always maintain and kind of just like continue to have optionality so that we we're never like, we have to go do this now to get to the next stage. We've, we've raised money like as we've needed. And I think we've used it really intelligently. Um, we haven't just raised money to go completely pour it into acquisition and just grow the business at all costs because you can run into some serious trouble when you do that. You just can be burning so much cash monthly that it's hard to unwind it. Um, you know, we, I mean, really, like, we have over 20 people. Like, we take the responsibility to to obviously our customers is number one, but then it's our team. You know, there's health insurance, there's payroll. People are betting their lives, spending their time to work here at Beam. Like, we take the fact. Like, I don't ever want to have a conversation where we have to consider, you know, laying off half the team because we, you know, ran this thing into the ground so fast and furious that we didn't pay attention and ran into some really tough times. Um, and we have to, you know, fiduciary responsibility to all the investors from friends and family that you know, wrote small checks just at the beginning to help us get going to some, you know, big VC firms and big entrepreneurs and investors. Um, so anyways, what I was saying with that is just like, we've taken a really diligent approach on let's, let's build a really big, fast growing business, but let's do it efficiently. And I would say it's really hard to do that. I think you can always go out and just buy customers. Um, but to really find product market fit, understand what your customers want. Um, you know, we've launched a subscription program. So to understand, you know, recurring revenue, um, those are, you know, really understand it's like the unit economics of the business. Like early on, like we just, we boxed above our weight class. We just grew as fast as we could. We made some really stupid financial bets. Um, we were burning money when we probably weren't totally aware exactly. We weren't thinking about customer acquisition costs. We weren't thinking about margins as much. Like now we're so, we have some smart people on the team. We're so dialed into every penny. Um, we don't, we're not scared to take bets either. Like we're, we'll fail fast and move on. Um, but we, we, we try to really grow a smart business. And I think this day too, like with COVID and, and who knows what's going on with the economy and all these different things, like I'd rather have a business that, um, 
you know, is can withstand a lot of that versus something like if capital dries up and we're not able to raise money because the markets have completely shifted. We, you know, we need capital to, to stay alive. I don't want to be in that position either these days. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been, that's one thing I'm really proud of. I guess I'll shut up. I've been probably boring. No, no, that, this but is it fantastic. Just, You're answering the question perfectly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, Feel you're free to cut me off if I ever need to. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this is great. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's really interesting because, you know, I don't obviously don't know if, if you guys were making money in the early days, but it sounds like one thing that sounds very different from you guys from other people I've talked to on here is a lot of people raise money because they have to raise money. And it sounds like you guys raise money because you wanted to raise money and you wanted to, you know, accelerate the hell out of this business, which is very different, right? To your point. Yeah. You can raise money because you just have a, a, a cash flow negative business, or you can raise money because you're trying to beat competition out to be first to market, which sounds like what you guys yeah. do. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think you want to raise money to stay alive. I think you want to raise money to pour gas in the fire. And if you can maintain the business so that that's the strategy on fundraising, not, hey, if we don't do this, we're going to have to shut the doors or lay off half the team. Um, you know, we have we have some metrics in the team, you know, where we look at like all of our fixed costs, like, you know, uh, we're, I'm, you know, see, like we're usually pretty like, tight lipped around just like some of the metrics of the business sure. and things oh, yeah, like yeah. that. You don't need but yeah. there's just definitely things like we keep really keen on on certain things so that we know like we're not hiring, we're not overstaffing the team because we have certain metrics and KPIs we put in place that like acts as guiding principles to how many people we should staff and and, and how do we hire into that. We're also hiring into what we want to be doing 12 months from now, like how to balance all that out. And we don't want to be having we don't want to hire the team now that, you know, we'll need in two years from now, but we want to start stacking the team that we're going to need next summer mm -hmm. uh, when we're trying to, you know, make a strong push for the last half of the year or, uh, and honestly too, I think we've learned that some of the hard ways the last, I would say this year in particular, like we've been fortunate to bring in some really smart people and from great wellness brands too. Um, you know, we've hired some from athletic greens, liquid IV, Sakara, oh, wow. um, some great agencies. Yeah. And, um, they're really smart at what they do from partnerships, acquisition, brand, all this stuff. And, um, you know, Kevin and I were just reflecting, we probably did that a few months too late, like seeing the impact that they're having in the business, like, gosh, I wish magic we brought them in like a quarter sooner. So yeah. like, there's a really fine balance of understanding. Like, I think, you know, like we love to be out over our skis a little bit and feel that uncomfortableness. Um, but we, yeah, we try to keep everything just, I think to Kevin and I's job a lot is to be a contrarian team has ideas, strategies, whether it be, especially like early stage companies, I think it's really important to focus more on growth marketing. Um, obviously we built a brand, so we haven't neglected brand. Um, I think we've more just achieved that through like packaging and the look and feel and aesthetic of the brand versus big brand campaigns and just dumping dollars into more brand awareness. Now, as we're growing in skin, like we do want to start investing more into brand campaigns. Um, but you better have a really good compelling reason as like what is going to let us know this is successful and really understand like, why is this a good use of the capital versus dumping this into something we know is going to be more transactional and requiring customers. Um, so yeah, I think we, you know, within all that and driving efficiency, like you have to really challenge every idea. You can't just, Oh, this sounds good. And we should just go do that and, and deploy this capital into that. Um, we try to have a lot of good logic and reason into everything and always have an hypothesis on what we think will happen. So that way, if it, the results come back and we can kind of track and measure if it's successful or not. Um, there's been so many fascinating things that just like, um, you know, in the early days, like I really think like you're just so simplistic. You're looking like when I put a product on the website, I want someone to buy it. Like you just think like that, that's how simple we thought. I think at the time of like, we just need to get the products up there and just think about like purchases. 
Now it's just like, you know, if we do something, if we're thinking about the acquisition cost, the customer thinking of the lifetime value of those customers, do we need to make that money back initially on that investment? Or, you know, we track the LTV, the retention and understand like three months from now, that might be a profitable exercise. So we'll actually, we'll take that bet now. We'll take a little bit of a miss in that month, but over the next two, three months, we know because of lifetime value of these customers, the retention of the product that we're promoting, that actually is a great exercise for us with our goals of growing and scaling and doing it efficiently. Um, I think, and that's something we didn't obviously think about early on. I couldn't, yeah. I remember one time we were raising money. <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite stories. We were just raising money from anybody who would write us a check in the early days, obviously. We got connected to this big private equity guy. He had done some amazing things um, in private equity. Obviously, like, not those zero to one companies, but those one to 100 companies, like oh, okay. big, big deals. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was just going to write a personal check. I think it was like two, three hundred thousand dollars, which is like huge at the time. Like we're collecting like five, ten thousand dollars from like our crazy uncle. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and like, you know, begging like our former teammates to put in, you know, a little bit of money. So we're chatting with him. I think we've had a website for like two and a half months. And, you know, where the business was at that time is like, we were using a spare bedroom in the house that I was living in. That was our fulfillment center, the spare bedroom. Wow. And, you know, the photos of it are hilarious. And uh, this guy is asking Kevin, I like kind of putting us through brain surgery. And like, really at that stage, like people are just taking a flyer on Kevin and I and making a bet if they think that we're going to be successful or not, or if we're going to lose their money. Um, and, and so, you know, he's asking us to, you know, all these like questions. And then he's asked like about a cohort, like, have you put a cohort analysis? And we're just like, so like I'm looking envelopes and putting stickers on boxes. Like we've had a website, <laughs> we haven't had a website for three months. Like, I don't even know what a cohort analysis is. Um, and now like we have an insane amount of cohort analysis across all different segments of customers and, you know, the business and products and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just fun. Like that's you funny. evolve so much. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's how well, you're, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, obviously the beginning, it's like, you're just trying to figure shit out too. Right. It's yeah. like, there's, there's no room to be like, that's, that's something that like a big brand will do. Right. Or where you guys are at now. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. What did, yeah. how did he respond to something like that? How did like a potential think, investor? Yeah. I think he just had a laugh about it. I mean, I think it was so, um, yeah, I don't, I, I think he just had a laugh about it because I think he's just kind of like, Oh, because again, like he hadn't, he wasn't an opera, like he hadn't done something or been involved in something so early stage. Like he's so used to these private equity deals and, you know, we're just like, we weren't thinking about cohort analyses. We're yeah. trying to figure out how to get enough money to pay for an XPO and like keep doing this thing. We, you know, had just 100%. website. Yeah, I know. I, I went from walmart.com. So working at, you know, the biggest company yeah. on the planet to RX bar. And I remember yeah. like coming to that office and like, seeing people working on mountains of LaCroix, I was like, Oh, this is hundred percent. I gotta, I gotta be a part of this. This is yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I, I totally get that. If you've never been a part of like a small operating startup, it's a whole different thing. It's insane. It's a yeah. different world. Yeah. Um, well, really cool. I mean, the story of going to zero to one for you guys, I mean, to me, I feel like you're not, you guys are, you're going to be one of the one to 100s. I'm, I'm very bullish on what you're doing. So I'm excited to keep seeing what you guys do. Um, couple of the last questions I want to ask quickly, because I know we're running out of time. Um, mm -hmm. I love to ask every founder that comes on here. Cause I think you guys always have really cool responses to this. The first one is just, obviously, as you've said, there's a million moving pieces. You're managing now 20 plus people. You're running a company. What do you use day in and day out to, you know, keep track and plan your goals. And then honestly, like just daily tasks to get shit done. What does Matt Lombardi use to do that? Whether it's a pen and paper or an app, what do you like? What are you, what are your two? Yeah. Uh, 
I think my first tool is just like my morning routine, um, just to get up. I have a big thing of water. I have some coffee. And then before the day gets crazy, I love just to read, journal, meditate. Um, and then after that, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pen and paper kind of guy. Um, and you know, I, for me, um, I forget where, you know, when it comes, then when I start to get like my beam hat on, get kind of dialed into the day. So I'm just always taught me the acronym when, what, what's important now. And so ah, that's kind of where I yeah. like, you know, just write out W I N and then just like, what are the main things just to kind of stay focused? Like what or who right now needs like my most attention and focus. And there's just so many different things going on at once. Like it definitely helps us to have, a, you know, keep a priority list. So I guess just, it's really simple. I never really ever thought of it as, um, the key, the key thing with that question that that's what comes up is just try to stay focused each day like what's the most important thing or things today that we should focus on uh if anything love it yeah keep it keep it simple love that that's, yeah. i think it always works better um mm-hmm. the, the next one is just source of knowledge so for the listeners do you have any books podcasts just anything source of knowledge that you that you would rep you know i guess uh pass on to the audience today yeah um I'm a huge Ray Dalio fan. So I always would recommend any podcast he's been on or he has a book called principles and he's a very successful hedge fund manager. And he essentially has just boiled down his best work and life principles into it's almost just like a textbook and you can kind of poke through and just read and find stuff that resonated to time. But there's so many good nuggets in there just about communication and um, teamwork and, you know, transparency and dealing with reality and making decisions. Um, it's almost like, I would say like, almost like a Bible to, you know, just daily living, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, there's just so many good things in there. And then um, I just, just generally speaking, I always find like, I just have a thirst for knowledge. Like there, there, there's no, there's an endless supply of knowledge out there from podcasts to books, to interviews, YouTube videos. Um, it's just important to be really curious and like constantly be learning stuff. Like whatever you're doing, there's smarter people. There's people who've done what you're wanting to do in some form or another just keep learning. Cause it's like those, that's where I always find like my best ideas come from is just, I always just say to the team too, like success leaves clues. Um, just oh, go read that. and learn as much as you can about um, other things or people that you admire, things that you're trying to do. Like there's people typically want to share what they've learned um, or have, you know, through podcast books, or maybe you can connect with them one-on-one, but I just say like principles is my favorite book, but then I would just say like, just, yeah, have a constant curiosity for stuff. Love it. No, that's fantastic. And then the last question and the most important is how can people follow along with you, whether that's Instagram socials, I can share all that. And then how can they get involved with beam? Yeah. Um, so personally just Matt Lombardi 24 on Instagram. Um, and then beam is just at beam B E A M on Instagram and then beamorganics.com is the website. And, um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Love it. I'll add all the links to that. So that'll be easy to find. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you, Matt. It was really yeah. cool to Thanks, learn Shane. zero to one. Um, obviously I've known you for a little bit, so it was cool to hear all yeah. this stuff and I, you know, love what you guys are doing, love what you guys are building and I'm sure people will check out beam hopefully for the first time from listening to this. So thanks yeah. for taking the time to come thanks. on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. A hundred percent.